Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Katafamo with Believe in Angels on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? So we can chalk up another fantastic interview for my series, Outside Looking In. I got an opportunity to sit down with Kyle Emanuel, a former San Diego Charger, a former North Dakota State Bison. Uh, great guy. Awesome. He hosts uh, Lead the Charge, which is the San Diego Charger, or excuse me, now the Los Angeles Chargers uh, podcast here on the network, on Believe Podcast uh, Network. He's awesome. He's great to talk to. He's a guy who walked away from the game to think about the future, to think about his own personal future. And I think that's extremely admirable to walk away from something you're passionate about uh, for to preserve your health. Uh, it's very hard to walk away from things that you're passionate about, but Kyle did it. We talked about that. We talked about his time at North Dakota State. We talked about his time with the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. He was a great interview, an awesome guy to talk to. Uh, go follow him on all of his social medias. Go listen to the podcast. I know that some things have happened in the atmosphere of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um, speaking of which, they're staying in Anaheim until 2050, which is which is good, I guess. Um, I really wanted to see them move, but it's totally fine. Uh, so the Angels are staying in Los Angeles. Here's what we'll do. Okay, next week I will put up an episode where I talk only about the Angels. I won't book another interview uh, next week. Uh, don't hold me to that. But I will talk about the Angels in depth. There's a lot of stuff that has been going on. The Angels have talked to Steven Strasburg since we last spoke. Oh, also, by the way, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I We took a week off because it was the holidays, uh, and I had some Thanksgiving plans that I needed to handle, and I had a lot of fun doing them. And I hope you had a lot of fun as well with your Thanksgiving. No, no matter what sort of shape it takes, whether you're with friends or you're by yourself or you're with family, uh, I hope you had a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you were safe going to and from your destination, and I'm happy to have you back listening to this awesome interview because it was a fantastic interview. Uh, um, I'm going to get some some other things cleared up here. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite st- directories, iTunes, Spotify. I'm all over the place right now. Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com and at Believe Podcast on social media. Again, my social media is on Twitter at intern underscore Phil. Tweet at me. Talk to me. Engage with me. I'm happy to uh, to discuss anything that you'd like to talk about. Again, I want to put together sort of a user, fan, user uh, mailbag episode where you guys submit questions and I answer them. Uh, so please tweet at me. That'd be awesome. Uh, like I said, the first person to do so, uh, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll send you something or something. Anyway, um, if you're interested in advertising with the show, again, that's believe at, uh, believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm really all over the place right now, which is, is concerning me more than usual. Um, so next week we'll talk about the angels. We'll talk about free agency again. We'll talk about all the stuff that's been going on. I promise we'll talk about the Angels. I have not abandoned the Los Angeles Angels. I've just shifted my focus uh, for a little bit while the offseason gets started, while we've got some more coals in that hot stove starting to to brew up and get nice and hot. I'm looking forward to spring training starting in, what is it, It's December now, January, February, in three months? We got spring training in three months? Come on. It's an exciting time. And we, I need to talk more angels. And like I said, that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, but before I send you to the interview with Kyle Emanuel, I want to say this. I thank very much. Uh, I thank you very much for tuning in every week and listening to the show and listening to these interviews. Uh, it is awesome to get an opportunity to talk with these former pros and get a glimpse at what their life is like 
on the field, off the field, what they're doing now. I wasn't sure what this was going to be, and it's turned out to be something great. And I want to thank you for tuning in every week to listen to these interviews. We've got a great staff at Believe, and I know that every guy I've interviewed hosts a show on this network, but but they've been great interviews, and, and they're all wonderful people, and I'm looking forward to continuing this into the future. Um, I, I, I want to fit this into the show as much as possible. I will be hopefully getting a co-host at some point. Y- you can only stand my ramblings for so long. But until then, I've really, really been appreciative of you guys tuning in and listening to this and also having the opportunity to talk with these athletes. Uh, it's, been, it's been great. And every interview has been solid so far. I'm looking forward to more. I'm looking forward to different experiences. I'm somebody who didn't get a chance to play at the college level, and uh, it's, it's fun for me. I'm a diehard sports fan. I genuinely love talking sports. I'm currently wearing a Lakers hoodie. Uh, that's just how much I love sports. I, I've never been not around sports. And uh, getting to, to push that passion onto this particular platform has been awesome. And so before I send you to the interview, I want to say that we do have a lot of great shows on this network. Uh, we've got shows that are more than just sports, uh, more than just baseball and football. I know we say that we cover uh, – teams in LA and there really are a lot more and I know that I say that in the intro but there really are there's a lot more that covers so many different topics there really is a show for everybody and we're getting around to Christmas time and so if you have a relative and you don't know what you connect with but you happen to know that oh well my cousin Steve he really likes uh k-pop well, guess what? Believe's got a, a podcast for K-pop, and you guys can talk about that. We've got one on gymnastics I've mentioned, The Bachelor. We've got shows that cover so many different topics, there really isn't a show that you can't find some you can't find for somebody. Uh, really, we've video games, shows, uh, like I said, health and food. Uh, th- there's just so much. We're adding more every single week, I swear. Every time I look onto my Instagram... Uh, also follow the podcast network on Believe on Instagram. There's always a new show popping up, and it's always fascinating. There's ones on sports law, which is something I was intrigued in with college. In college, I took a sports law class that I loved. But anyway, I'm going to send you to the interview. I'm done uh, rambling here. Uh, check out the networks. Hit me up on social media. And with that, I'm going to send you to the interview with Kyle Emanuel, former San Diego Charger and North Dakota State Bison. Thank you again for listening. I am joined by Kyle Emanuel, host of Believe in Chargers or Lead the Charge, uh, whatever you may find it at. Uh, Kyle, I want to say thank you for for coming on and and talking with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So uh, you are a former San Diego slash slash Los Angeles Charger, former North Dakota State Bison. Uh, Tell me, uh, what brought you – let's start at the top. Let's, Let's start from the beginning. What brought you to North Dakota State? I know you're from Nebraska. But uh, yeah. what, what, where, what, where, what led you to uh, the Bisons? Yeah, well, I think it was kind of a lot of things. Uh, first of all, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm from Nebraska. I wanted to play for the Cornhuskers. That was no secret. Um, but uh, they like to get walk-ons in state. And at the time, you know, I didn't know if I'd ever play for them. And I figured, you know, I'd be paying for college and maybe never playing. So, you know, North Dakota State came calling, um, came up for a visit and, I really liked what I saw as, as far as the community and just how much football mattered. I wanted to go to a place where I thought football was a big deal. And uh, they were coming off a poor year, and they still had really good attendance. I could just tell with the history and everything they had going on. Um, I could just tell that football mattered, and that was that was big for me. I was not heavily recruited at all, um, so it kind of came down to, you know, walking out in Nebraska, North Dakota State, or, funny enough, our rival, South Dakota State. <laughs> and uh, I'm uh, I'm very thankful I ended up where I did. Now, you 
really put together yourself a very good resume uh, in at North Dakota State. You won the Buck Buchanan Award. Uh, you were a part of the East and West Shrine Game, which I know technically is not an award-based thing, but uh, you were able to be a part of that. And also, uh, Nebraska or North Dakota State was not, you know, a very – they were really good when you were there from 2011 to 2015. Four-time FSS champions – what was the what was life on campus and walking around with your uh, with your championship with all that swagger? <laughs> well, uh, funny enough, our strength coach was pretty big on uh, keeping us from wearing any of that. So as soon as as soon as we won, we basically got you know a couple days to a week to celebrate, and then it was it was right back to the grind of trying to win another one. So I think it do too much of that, but it, it was pretty cool to be you know, be a part of just kind of building this. Now it's almost second hand here in Fargo. Um, winning national championships, going to the playoffs. But like I said, when when I was getting recruited, the team was three and eight. Um, my senior year, we went to the playoffs. My second year, lost in the semi or the quarterfinals. And uh, you know, we've been winning national championships ever since. So it's pretty cool for me to just be able to be here um, at the start of this dynasty. Now, what what felt better, the first one or the last one? That's a good question. Um, I think that's that's really hard because they both have were special to me. Obviously, the first one just I, you know, I didn't have a ton of success in high school sports. I never won a state championship in anything, so to be able to end a season exactly where you wanted to end it, um, that's kind of a hard feeling to describe. It was it was awesome. It was just awesome. It was one of those things you almost couldn't believe it at the time. But the last one was especially special to me because obviously I'm a senior. You want to go out on the right note. You want to leave your legacy. And we were pretty – we were doubted at the time. We really were. Uh, we lost a lot of seniors, a lot of good seniors. We lost our, our head coach, our athletic director had left. People were kind of counting the buys and out, saying, you know, it was a good three-year run, but uh, it's over now. And then the, the game itself, we almost lost. So that one was kind of a roller coaster. So they were both kind of – I guess I didn't really answer your question, but they were both special to me in different ways. No, you did answer the question. You said they were both special. I, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, you come in out of high school, like you said, you never won a championship. I myself, this entire interview is built around the fact that I'm not a champion. I, I stopped playing <laughs> sports my junior year, and, uh, you know, I can't imagine for you coming off of a high school, you know, where you guys played or, or were as successful as you were. You didn't win a championship. You come your first year to a brand-new university, and you get a championship. And then, of course, on the flip side, uh, you, you get to walk out as a champion. You get to, to leave as a yep. champion. Every single year you were there, you guys won the FCS championship. And, uh, I mean, it must be pretty cool to, to start up on top and then end on, on top as well. Yeah, it, it really was. It's, it's one of those things you can't you, – you can never dream that scenario up, right? When someone – you know, you tell people in high school, like, hey, yeah, I'm going to North Coast State to play football. We're probably going to win four national championships. Like, that's not <laughs> something you said. That's not even something you, you – think is realistic um but it was it was a culmination of a lot of hard work and a lot of people buying into a, to a program and uh i mean what, what can you say it's it's uh, like i said it's it's stuff of dreams or even beyond a dream really so what made you want to enter the nfl draft you leave north dakota state as a champion four times and you decide maybe the nfl is my dis- is my next destination uh who was behind that decision was it a decision of your own and uh, you know where did you get to that point well, you know, I never really thought the NFL was going to be, uh, I guess, a realistic possibility. I thought maybe I'd get a chance. You know, up until my senior year, we rotated a ton on the defensive line. I had decent numbers, but 
no no NFL scout was knocking down the door to come to come watch me. And then I kind of broke out my senior year. I had a good career up to that point, but really broke out my senior year. And, um, and uh, you know, scouts started calling. Um, you know, it, it's kind of one of those those dream come true scenarios again. Uh, just again, I never thought I'd have a chance to be playing in the NFL. So when the opportunity, you know, came about, I I knew I I had to at least give it a shot and uh, and you know see what could come of it. So. Um, it's funny because I, my senior year, I was going to job fairs. You know, I thought I was going <laughs> to potentially be a construction manager. Um, so, uh, uh, kind of, uh, turned out for the best for me there. Well, it definitely did. I mean, you, you get an opportunity. Um, so l- l- let's, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Uh, the draft process. Um, I got an opportunity to talk with Ed Smith who played for the, uh, uh, the, the the Arizona Cardinal, or excuse me, he played for the Atlanta Falcons uh, uh, in the '90s, but he took a different path to the NFL. You actually took the the usual route, where you you went through the entire draft process. So, what was that draft process like for you, from from start to finish? It was crazy. So, I mean, I guess from the very get go, the, the championship I, we were just talking about my senior year. As soon as I was done that night, I flew to the East West Shrine Game, so I got no chance to celebrate. Um, I was straight into the next phase of life, um, straight into practices that Monday. So you do the East-West Shrine game. Um, and then from there, I flew directly from Florida. So I was in Texas. Uh, let me back up. Fargo to Texas, Texas to Florida. Then Florida straight to Phoenix, Arizona to start training for the um, – well, actually, at the time, I didn't even know I was invited to the Combine. So I was just training for, you know, pro day, hopefully a Combine invite. I get the Combine invite. Um, you know, so I'm in Phoenix training – go to the combine that is a a whole process I mean, you're waking up early you're staying up late there's interviews there's obviously the physical testing that everyone knows there's the medical testing that was a grind to say the least um then back to back to arizona for a little more training then i go back to fargo um continue to work out on my own um and prepare for pro day there's also you throw in the the visits i only had i believe i only had one visit but i had a couple couple teams come to Fargo and work me out as well so uh it's a grind I guess to say the least especially you know for my situation just not not even having the chance to uh to to, to relax a little bit once my college season was over I'll tell you what man you had some stiff competition at the linebacker position in the draft I mean you had uh Benardrick McKinney you had uh Eric Kendricks who's on the Minnesota Vikings I think he's still on the Vikings now uh you had uh Stephon Anthony, who was drafted in the first round at the end of the first round, uh, Bud Dupree. I mean, really, you had a some stiff competition at the linebacker position. Yeah, really did. And, and one of the guys you mentioned, Eric Kendricks, I actually trained with him uh, in Arizona. So I got to see, I got to see some good, some good competition and training. And you know, and another thing I guess I failed to mention for me is I didn't know what position I was going to play at the time. I thought, you know, maybe am I going to be a defensive end? That's what I was in college. Um, Maybe a three-four outside linebacker. Some teams uh, wanted me to, you know, switch to the to the inside linebacker. So I was also kind of a tweener in there as well. So uh, you you now you have what are okay? Let me ask you this: What are um, sort of the you had? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the of the the interview process that you had. You had a a pre-draft interview with the Pittsburgh Steelers and a couple other teams. What was that like? Because what I, what I imagine that as is you're sitting in the principal's office and they're kind of talking to you about, you know, well, well this is going on. And well, what do you think about this? Or what do you, like, what, what is that process like? 
Yeah, the one with the Steelers, that's the one I flew out to. Um, that one was actually, I don't want to say easy, but fairly simple compared to some of the ones in the draft. Like at the Combine, I had one with the Bengals, I believe, in the Combine. And they, they walk you into a hotel room, and it's just like a, a – it was, there was, they had to be at least 10 people. It felt like more. I don't remember. But they were asking you all kinds of stuff. Not They asked you football-related stuff, but then personality questions. And I can't remember the specific questions, but, you know, like what how are a, 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 a boat and a car related? Or, like, you know, just weird <laughs> things like that to test your personality. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting. But the Steelers one was more just like, hey, let's come look at Pittsburgh, check out our facility, talk to our coaches that kind of thing. I love how you can tell the different philosophies from both organizations. The Cincinnati Bengals want you to tell you want, want to ask you what color the sky is and the the Steelers are just more like, "Hey, we've got a sweet gym and you should come play for us because we've got a great gym." But uh Yeah, yeah, I guess you could you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you do end up getting drafted 5th round, 153 in 2015. For those of you who who are unaware with which what happened in the 2015 draft that was the year Jameis Winston was taken and as well as Marcus Mariota so that was the the quarterback draft there that was the 2015 draft and uh, this man right here Kyle Emanuel was drafted by the San Diego Chargers so you go from Nebraska to Fargo North Dakota and now you're going to the beautiful uh, open skies and beach life of San Diego California what was that like for you? It was eye-opening. I still remember the first time my plane landed uh, for, for rookie minicamp and just seeing all the palm trees and the ocean and everything. And um, It was uh, different, to say the very least. Uh, I, I went from, I think Fargo's been rated at least in the top ten for worst cities weather-wise, <laughs> and San Diego's probably number one, I would say, or top three. Um, so a little bit of a difference there, but um, it was – it was a great experience. I loved living in San Diego and Southern California, at least, you know, at that point in my life. Um, it was a cool experience. It really was. So I'm from Southern California. I'm not from the cool part of Southern California. I'm from Indio, California, which is about 10 miles. Well, actually, it's about uh, two or three hours south of uh, San Diego. And uh, I always get a lot of people always ask me, how close to the beach are you? How, what, what was it like living in California? I went to school in a different state. Yeah. And uh, I just tell him it's two hours away. I have no idea. I don't live near the beach. I can't imagine going from, <laughs> I can't imagine going from snowy as hell, uh, Fargo, North Dakota, and then going into uh, California. But it's great that that it, it worked out for you because you got to play under. So I'm a 49ers fan, and you got to play under not as the head coach. You got to play under Mike Nolan, the linebacking coach, yep. as well as Mike McCoy, the head coach of the San Diego Chargers at the time. Uh, what was that like? What was it like working with Coach Nolan? Coach Nolan was awesome. He was, uh, he was he was really great. Uh, I mean, as a, as a rookie, just coming in and get a, getting to learn from someone, you could tell that he had been a head coach in this league, and he was a, obviously a great position coach and, and teacher. But uh, I, I just really I really enjoyed him. He didn't put felt like he didn't put too much pressure on me. You know, as a draft pick, sometimes you, even though I was in the later round, you still put a little more pressure on yourself. I thought he was he was good from that standpoint, just as as a mentor, just trying to. Just trying to, you know, help me learn the playbook and uh, and just really figure out the whole NFL process. Yeah, and he, I mean, I don't, you know, this isn't a Mike Nolan interview, but of course he got an opportunity to coach Patrick Willis early on in his career, which, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm a huge 49ers fan, so I think that's awesome that you just, you got to pick the brain of, of the guy who helped Patrick Willis get somewhat to where he is now, and, and also... You know, I, I I just love the 49ers, man. Whenever we get an opportunity to talk about the 49ers, even if it's – I know Mike Nolan wasn't the greatest coach for San Francisco, but uh, they always had really strong right. defenses. What about Coach McCoy? I mean, 
how much interaction did you have with Coach McCoy, or were you more focused with the defensive coordinators and on the defensive side? Yeah, and I think anyone who's played football, and I mean, some some guys are different, but when you, the head coach is almost like your CEO, so you interact with them a little bit. But um, you know, for me, Coach McCoy, I'll always have a you know special place for him in my heart, just because you know I know he, he wasn't the general manager, maybe he wasn't the sole decision maker, but he gave me a chance to play in the NFL, and I obviously you know it didn't work out, and that was. That was another thing, kind of getting off topic, but just, you know, when he got fired, you know, you almost feel personally responsible. And I know it's a whole team and it's a lot of things that go into it, but anytime someone loses their job, you just you just can't help but to, to think about and feel like you, you could have done more to help him keep that job. But, um, you know, it was, it, like I said, I was just grateful for Coach McCoy, and I, I, I thought he was a really sharp football mind, and unfortunately we just, we just didn't win a lot of football games uh, when we had him. Well, what was that first year in the NFL like for you? I know the uh, 2015 San Diego Chargers, or I guess technically the 2016 San Diego Chargers, didn't necessarily have the greatest season. But what about you? What about personally? What was it like for you to finally get a chance to step on an NFL field in full pads, wearing the uniform, and uh, getting ready for game day? It was awesome. It really was. I still remember lining up the first time against Philip Rivers. That was kind of like my, you know, welcome to the NFL. Like, <laughs> wow, Philip Rivers is is really like yards away from me calling out defenses, barking out the offensive uh, plays and things like that. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, I got off to a really good start. I really did. You know, mini camp went well, training camp went well. The coaches, you know, thought highly of me. I did, I did pretty well. I actually got the, the chance to start um, the first game. We had an injury and, uh, you know, I'm fifth round pick and I get to start in the first game, which is, you know, not always the case. And uh, I get a sack and an interception in my very first game. I'm on top of the world, and uh, and then some, I get two shoulder injuries. I've never had a shoulder injury in my life at this point, and I I get two AC sprains, one on my left, one on my right, in the same game, and that that derailed it a little bit. I just felt like you know it was it was one of those things you can play with, but I just didn't feel the same, I guess, um, throughout the the rest of the season. So you know, you meant we already talked about the win loss record wasn't what we wanted it to be. So got off to a really good start. Um, did not not end as well as I wish it would have. I mean, to the credit of the of the Chargers at the time, you guys did have a lot of injuries that season. I mean, Keenan Allen was they out. Still do. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, even currently, the Chargers are. I got a buddy of mine who's a big Chargers fan, and and it's tough. I mean, injuries really significantly affect. Uh, I mean, this is an obvious statement, but they, they really do affect a lot, not only for just the team on the field, but probably in the locker room and, and maybe outside of, of football. Yeah, no, they they really do. And, uh, you know, you couple the injuries with the fact that, you know, we were 4-12, and 12, but that year we easily could have won 8, 9, 10 games. I mean, it was the same, the same thing they're dealing with now this year is what we, deal, where we dealt with when I was there and, we just couldn't find a way to win those close games, and a lot of teams look at that 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 Chargers team and say, "Oh, they were terrible." But if you really look back at the scores, we were in a lot of games and just couldn't find a way to win. And like you said, when you have injuries, um, that that just throws things off. Obviously, on the field, but also off the field when you're losing leaders and guys, you know, in the huddle that are no longer there, it affects a lot. So uh, you mentioned your first interception. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was off of Matthew Stafford, correct? Correct. Oh, how did it feel to pick off Matty Stafford? Well, um, it was, I guess it, it, was, it was less on him and more on uh, my teammate Melvin Ingram. He came off the edge, and 
he hit him, and it was kind of, uh, you know, it was one of those in-betweens, like, is this going to be a fumble or is this going to be a pass? And I had a running back come at me. He cut me, uh, not completely. I didn't go all the way to the ground, so I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm lower. I'm almost, I think it was almost on my knees at that point. I see the ball kind of just floating, and, you know, in your mind, you don't know, fumble, pass, whatever. So I kind of just dove over the top of him and uh, and caught it. And, you know, lucky for me, not so lucky for Melvin, they, they ruled it a pass. So it was, it was an interception. So I, I guess I got a little bit lucky there that they didn't call it a fumble. Well, an interception nonetheless. I mean, a win is a win, and you take the pick if you got it. And Correct. you got it. You got it off Matthew Stafford. You, you got a little help, but uh, it's more interceptions than I have, I'll tell you that. Um, so... <laughs> You uh, you grew up in Nebraska. We're going to backtrack a little bit. Uh, who was your favorite team growing up? Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead and guess. Is it the Vikings? No, not the Vikings. So I actually was I was not a huge NFL fan. Obviously, growing up in Nebraska, I was a Cornhuskers fan, so it was kind of college football okay. all day for me. But I was a little bit of a bandwagon. So when I was really young, I liked the Packers. I liked Brett Favre. Um, and then, you know, being a young kid, uh, you know, they, I don't, they fell off a little bit. And then the greatest show on turf happened, St. Louis, just down the road. Uh, Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, Tory Holt, uh, those guys. Um, I started liking the Rams for a while. And then, you know, as I got older, I guess, you know, I called myself a Rams fan, but I really wasn't. I, I was, like I said, I was more of a Nebraska fan. Was there anybody when you played on the field, you know, me as a fan and now in sort of the media aspect, I still never lose that like little boy like, oh my God, that's that's I went to a Lakers game and I was sitting about four hundred yards away from LeBron James and I was sitting in the stands going, Oh my God, that is LeBron James. He's right there. Did you ever have that moment, anybody you lined up against where you're like, Oh geez, that's that's Russell Okung or or that's uh that's Matt Burke, oh my God, or or that's Matthew Stafford at quarterback right now. Is there any, do you have any of those moments? Yeah, more more times than I could probably even re, uh, remember, to be honest with you. I, I do remember, obviously I, I mentioned Philip Rivers, um, but uh, one of my first, I think it was my first preseason game, Larry Fitzgerald motions down into a tight tight bunch, you know, and I'm an outside linebacker on the edge, and he was blocking me on the play, and it was kind of one of those things like, oh my gosh, this is Larry Fitzgerald. He was on the cover, if you remember, NCAA football back when it was a game. Yeah, and his pit uniform. I used to play that game all the time, so that was yeah. that was one of those like I can't believe I'm playing against Larry Fitzgerald right now. And there was a number of them. And oh, I mentioned Kurt Warner. He was, you know, he obviously does stuff now for I think NFL Network or one of the networks. He was on the field a lot of times before games, and uh, so I'd see him walking around. Obviously, the Broncos had John Elway as as their you know their president and GM and. So I got to see him. And the list goes on and on. Ladainian Tomlinson would come out to practice. So I mean. Those are guys that I wasn't necessarily playing against, but they're just guys kind of there that, uh, you know, otherwise I'm not. I'm never getting that close to them. I got to tell you, I'd have, a, I'd have a very, very tough time not walking up to LT and asking for an autograph. <laughs> yeah, tr- yeah, trust me. I, it was it's one of those things like, wait, I'm like, I'm, I'm playing on the team he used to play for. I should probably not fanboy him right now. <laughs> Did you ever do the uh, uniform trade? I know that a couple guys do that now. Did you ever swap uniforms with anybody? Yeah, I did mostly with my old NBC teammates. So Billy Turner, he he's still playing for the Packers now. He's an offensive lineman. He was my sweet mate in college. So I traded with him. I, I was traded with Carson Wentz, right? Uh, Eagles quarterback. Traded with him, and uh, Niles Paul actually was one I traded with as well. Um, 
Tight end? Tight end for the Redskins, yep. He he played at Nebraska. And I didn't even know him, but I just went up to him after the game. I was like, hey, man, like, I've followed you since you were, you know, playing at Nebraska. We got to talking. He's like, hey, you want to swap jerseys? Sure. So That is so, so cool. We swapped jerseys. So, yeah, I did it a couple times. So uh, let's get back to football here. Well, I guess we're still talking football, but more focused on uh, specifics. Um, 2017, the team moves to Los Angeles, and with a new team comes a new head coach in Anthony Lynn, uh, as well as Gus Bradley, who is uh, an awesome defensive coordinator. Again, I'm a 49ers fan. Uh, while, as much as I hate Gus Bradley because he was the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks when uh, Richard Sherman destroyed my dreams, uh, it's, you got a chance to play under Gus Bradley. So let's start with Gus, the guy you probably talked to a little bit more, and also Richard Smith, the new linebacking coach. Was it kind of a culture change with new coaches? Uh, was the transition smooth? Was there things that they did that you liked and things that maybe you didn't really – feel comfortable doing um no I don't think there's anything that I was uncomfortable with they did ask me a lot and I, I kind of pride myself on being the guy that can kind of do a lot of things and you know I was asked to move around quite a bit and and I was fine with that you know I played outside and then we drafted a guy who played outside they asked me to, I was still doing that but I was also learning inside linebacker I played a little defensive end sometimes so you know they asked me to do a lot which uh you know I was completely fine with but Gus is um excuse me, Gus is one of those, you know, he's a North Dakota State guy as well. I don't know if you knew that he played and coached uh, at North Dakota State. And so he was a guy I had known, I had known of him since, you know, I arrived on campus, you know, people were talking about him and how awesome he was. So for me, it was just a, it was a huge honor and privilege just to be able to play under that guy, the guy that I'd heard so much of. And he was, he's one of those guys that he's really smart X's and O's wise, but he's also, he's very keen and very dialed in on the mental side of football and keeping guys engaged, um, you know, when things are going good, when things are going bad, how to, how to just stay even. So it was awesome. And, you know, like I said, just a, a huge honor to play under him. And I thought Anthony Lynn also did a good job of coming in, you know, kind of establishing a culture of accountability and, uh, and really giving the players, the team and saying, Hey, you know, you guys need to take grab of this and take a hold of this if we want to go where we want to be. So in actually this past April, uh, you decide to retire from the NFL in in a uh, maybe not the most conventional way, uh, but a very admirable way, uh, considering your long term health. You had mentioned you had a shoulder injury. I know that you had a couple concussions as well. And at least now in the NFL landscape, concussions are a huge topic of discussion. And Again, we keep going back to the 49ers, but Chris Borland did the same thing. Middle linebacker yeah. for the 49ers retired because he didn't want to, you know, uh, want to suffer the the possible long term damage that does come with playing in the NFL. So I'll ask you this more: uh, Do you think that we're we're going to see more of this in the NFL? With with I know that the NFL is still taking precautions and they're ch- always changing the helmets and always changing the safety and the the way that players hit. Um, but do you think you're going to see more of these guys retiring young, just so that when they're in their 40s and 50s, they don't suffer those long term damage? You know, that's a that's a really good question. I think I think it'll kind of stay the same or maybe even a little bit less. I don't know if we'll see more of it and you know, I can only speak from a you know, a personal standpoint and why I did it. But like you said, I think the NFL is gonna continue to become safer and safer and you'll see head injuries, you know, go down and down like they probably already are. I guess I don't know the statistics, but um I would assume they're gonna keep decreasing. Um, but you know, I think for me, the, the reason it's hard for guys to, even if you, you know, even if you know of these risks, and even if that's something that's important to you, and you're you're worried about, um, 
you know, as an athlete, as a football player, as much as every football player is more than a football player to me, and I, I know that, but it does become your identity, and it's hard to give that up, even if you know there might be long-term effects. It's hard to give that up, and another reason why it's really difficult is because you're making a decision for the future that you may you don't really know if that's going to be an issue. You could play, you know, there's guys that play 10-plus years and they're completely fine. There's guys that play one year and they're not fine. So it's hard to say. That that was one of the hard things for me, and it's, you know, it's, honestly, it's still kind of hard to this day. It's just, you know, I made a, I made a decision for my future um, right now here in the present. It affected the present, and I'm hoping, you know, I made that decision for the right reason and I'll avoid those, you know, those issues in the future. But it's just one of those things you don't know. So it, it made my decision, um, you know, extremely difficult. And I know anyone, Chris Boland, probably said the same thing. You know, anyone who's done it, uh, they know how hard of a decision it is. And it's got to be tough to walk away from something that you're you're so passionate about. I mean, you'd played football for so long, and you you got to, you know, you kind of have to face this reality that, you know, this sport, while as much as it, it has helped me financially and helped me to gain purpose in my life, it does have some sort of negative repercussion. Do you have any regrets uh, about leaving football? Um, yeah, another good question. Um, you know, the way I answer that is, is some days I do and some days I don't. Like I said, I, I'm hoping, you know, as the older I get, the more I'll, I'll realize how, how good of a decision and, uh, it really was. Um, but, no, there's definitely been times where, you know, I'm sitting sitting at home and, you know, obviously now trying to move on with my life. And, and uh, you know, I, I wish I was still playing. And I, I went back and forth a million times before the decision was made and even afterwards, you know, am I doing the right thing? And it was hard to kind of come to the realization that it really is, um, it really is over. So, I mean, overall, no, I don't regret it. There's, you know, as much as there's days that I wish I was playing, there's also some days where I'm glad I'm not out there grinding and banging and and playing in cold weather and and getting hurt and things like that. So um, it's still fresh enough for me where it's still difficult some days, but, you know, like I said, moving forward, I think ultimately it was the right decision. So now, uh, where is Kyle Emanuel in 2019 right now? We're, we're just about to end 2019 and head into 2020. Where, where, what are you up to now? So, um, well, we mentioned the move from Fargo to San Diego, and uh, as much as people might think this is crazy, I moved back to Fargo. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I just had a, a ton of friends here. I love the community. I know the weather is terrible and people – We'll always bring that up, but look, at, you know, most places you go, there's some type of weather. Even if you live in, maybe not California, but even if you live in like Texas or somewhere south, like now you get the extreme hot, or you know, we get the extreme cold. So there's issues everywhere you go. But I just really love this community. I love this town. I had a bunch of friends, some connections here. So, so I decided to move back. Also, you know, when you're not playing in the NFL anymore, Southern California does get a little expensive. So the cost of living is a little a little better here as well. So I, I came back to Fargo. I've been doing, um, which I really enjoy, I've been doing some, some radio and TV stuff covering North Dakota State, I'm doing some media stuff. I'm also putting my, my construction management degree to use a little bit and uh, just seeing if that's something I want to do um, in the future. I'm, I'm working part-time at a construction construction company. So Doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, um, you know, ultimately just trying to figure out what that what that next passion is in life. 
And that's got to be great, though. I mean, you well, getting back to what you said about moving back to, to Fargo, I, I did the same thing. I went to school in Phoenix, Arizona at Grand Canyon University, and I loved Arizona. I'd never been except uh, I went to the Grand Canyon for my oldest sister's wedding, and uh, I visited the school, and I loved the school. I went to school there uh, and, and fell in love with the state and ended up moving back. I currently live there now. So I get that. You, you get into a new environment, and you're sort of like, man, there's something about this place that, that just – yeah. calls to me like I, I have to come back and and now you getting an opportunity uh to stay around football maybe not on the field but off the field you get an opportunity to stick around with north dakota state you're bison for life man now you're calling games <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean that's i think a lot of schools say that you know we say it obviously here once a bison always a bison i've always felt a special connection to this place you know even more so than the nfl you know you choose you choose your school and obviously the experience that i had here also helped shape that, but um, yeah, it's it's a really special place, and it's something I never thought I would, you know, be in the media uh, or you know, an analyst, you know, call or you know, looking at games and and uh, you know, giving my thoughts and opinions on them. But it's something I really enjoy. I really do, and uh, you know, I'm hopefully hoping to you know whether I do construction or if I go another path, um, you know, either making it full time or uh, at least just continuing to do it here at at North Dakota Do you think that a lot of NFL players currently or maybe future NFL players don't necessarily think about that life after NFL? I mean, you have your your construction degree. Not only that, you stepped away from the game to think about your long-term health. You're now working in the media around football, so you're still around football. But you see a lot of guys who, when they retire, they kind of just don't know where to go or what to do. Do you think that a lot of NFL players kind of and, – and maybe not just the NFL. This obviously applies to other sports. But do you think that maybe some guys just need to start considering more about the future or or, or have you noticed anything like that? I, I mean, if that question makes sense. <laughs> no, yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the NFL actually does – I can't speak for other sports. The NFL does do a good job of – I thought, especially when you're a rookie, just you're always constantly – I feel like it's always in the back of your mind. Like, you know, what are you going to do? I got asked it all the time, even when I was playing, probably, you know, right when I got drafted. You know, wh- what are you going to do after it? It's one of those things I thought about a, a lot, but you don't – at least for me, I know some guys, you know, they'll do internships and they, like, they just know what they want to do in life. Like, hey, I'm playing football now, but I know when I'm done I want to do X, Y, Z. I was just not that guy. You know, as much as I thought about it, I, I – it's 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 kind of funny because you, you almost have just the world at your feet. You know, you have some money in your pocket. I had a degree. Um, I could have basically gone anywhere. And, you know, when you, ha- when you have the ex-NFL – tag you know some some people are going to want to work with you in in a variety of fields so it was almost like there was too many opportunities or too many options I guess um to go explore you know you could do coaching you go into scouting you could like for me go into construction so there's a lot of options out there for me it was hard to dial in on one until okay it's actually done now I can really go and and try and find something so I think, you know, to answer your question, I think a lot of guys think about it, and some guys do know exactly what they want to do, but when you're completely bought in and you're playing in the NFL, you have to be 100% into that. So sometimes it is hard to really get a concrete idea of what you are going to do when it's done. Kyle, one last question. Do you have any advice for maybe that player who's thinking about the long-term health or thinking about maybe if the NFL isn't in my future or maybe even college football isn't in my future do you have any advice for those players? Well, I mean, I guess for for the guys 
I guess for me, you know, when it came down to it, if I I said, you know, if football, you know, regardless of the health issues, if football is your is your absolute passion, and you're willing to to risk those health, you know, those health factors, and um, you know, and not necessarily worry about them, then absolutely keep going for it. For me, you know, obviously I love the game. I was super passionate. About it. I it gave me so many opportunities, but. Uh, it just it didn't outweigh the health factors for me. So I guess I would I would really just you know sit down and and figure out what your priorities are. Football is an absolutely wonderful game, um, but there are some negative consequences to it. So just kind of figure out your priorities and uh, and then you can go from there. Kyle, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, to be a part of this and uh, talk to me about your career. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I hope you had fun. Uh, where can people find you? Well, uh, you can find me on well, I'm on all the social media at, at Kyle Emanuel 51 on Twitter, and then also, you know, mentioned the the media stuff. I'm also doing a podcast um, talking about the Chargers, talking about my old team. That's on the Believe Network and uh, leading the charges. You you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show. So uh, I'm still out there and uh, still talking football and sports in general. So it, it's been a lot of fun. Once again, Kyle Emanuel, host of Believe in Charges or Lead the Charge. Uh, Kyle, thank you very much for coming on, and and I really appreciate you taking the time, and and thanks for giving me an insight. Again, as somebody outside looking in, uh, it's about your experiences and what you've you've gone through as an NFL player and now as a media man. So, guys, go go subscribe to the podcast. Go check this dude out on Twitter. Follow him everywhere. Follow Kyle on everywhere. I really appreciate it, man. Seriously, thank you very much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.